Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Fight Day Fanboy. If you enjoy the show, do us a favour, like, subscribe, do whatever you can to help us dominate these algorithms, alright? Alright, thanks guys, enjoy the show. Fight Day Fanboy, episode three. How are we doing? I'm here with the legend, the one, the only, wearing his Robert Whittaker shirt, um, <laughs> Peter Walsh. How are you? Good, brother. Good to be back. What another show of Alex and the bad guy. Alex and the bad man. <laughs> I'll take it from here, guys. I'll take it from here. You can bounce. <laughs> you can bounce. Nate, bring me my coffee. All right, guys. <laughs> massive card. Massive card on the weekend. One of those cards, guys, that literally we will remember. Not if you, you don't, you might like leave, um, leave Sunday thinking you won't remember it, but this is one of those cards you're going to remember forever. We have literally one of the greatest of all time retiring. Um, and just fucking what an amazing performance. Ridiculous. Uh, leaving behind a legacy. Not, not everyone expected him to really retire. I think everyone sort of was under the impression that he would go to the 30 and 0. Um, I guess like you would think the same thing, right? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. We all thought that, and to be honest, like from here on out, part of me, part of me, still thinks there's a small, there's a small room of doubt that I think that he could possibly come back if the circumstances are right. I mean, Khabib does seem like the kind of guy that is a man of his word. He's the you know. They're very strict with their culture and the way they do things. But like fucking, I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me, does it? Like twenty nine and zero. It's just not. It's just not the right number. Yes, but maybe maybe it's just the fact that we are clouded by this this Western world glory. You know, he's out there in the fucking the Himalayas of Russia, whatever the fuck it is, the the mountains of Russia. You know, he doesn't have to Dagest- worry about all this. Dagestan. Fame. Yeah, Dagestan. All this fighting, fame. fighting bears. Fighting bears and whatnot. So I think he is a man of his word and it's crazy. We'll get into that a little bit later. But just in terms of like what he's done, per, per se, this is the end. Per se, we're never going to see another Habib fight. He leaves the sport fresh, untouched, 29-0, and 0, only lost one round in his whole career. I mean, it's up to debate, but really only lost one round in his whole career. What does his legacy and his retirement mean for MMA and everything going forward? That's a question to you. That's a very fucking heavy question to start me off with. <laughs> but I'm just going to fucking drop it on you. Please tell me. What do you think? Uh, look, I, first things first, I'm very upset that he has retired, obviously. The one fight that everybody and I think everyone listening always wanted to see was the fight with Tony. And I think yeah. if he had that fight and done that fight, then it's a different question. He would be 30-0. and 0. And, you know, he does, he does, he's going to go down as one of the greatest to ever do it. And, you know, we've obviously heard the controversy this week with, um, you know, John Jones having a, having a sook about it. And I was listening to that and I was like, uh, I'm not taking it away from Khabib. My honest opinion though, is, you know, John Jones, in my opinion, you know, he has a valid point, a very valid point. He has been doing this since he was 21. He was the youngest champion you know, um, and he's still doing it. And he's had 14 title defenses or 15 title defenses, whatever it is. Khabib is mauling people, absolutely more. And what he did to Justin Gaethje, that was so, you know, very one-sided and very dominant. But he's very only weird. done it. He's only done it four times. He's only defended it four times or three. Yeah, four times. Yeah, and it's, four times. You're yeah, right. You know, 
He's look. There's a but lot of great points. The he way he's done it is incredible. You know, comparing comparing it to someone like John Jones, who's you know still building his legacy. The way he's doing it is just phenomenal. He's just doing it in such spectacular fashion. It's only just we just got to the the peak of his career. I, I honestly think where he's starting to become really exciting to watch his skills and actually question just how good he is. And then he fucking throws the towel in. Like it's just that was I'm I'm devastated. You know what I mean? That was the first convinced fight I genuinely found ridiculously exciting in a long time. It was hyper yeah. side, like genuinely in the fight. It's the first one I actually found that was mm. genuinely exciting. And it was, I feel like we saw something different that we hadn't seen from his other fights because you just didn't have to see anything different. And I think that's yeah. a testament to Gaethje and people don't even, people aren't even really going to address that. A lot of people just look at, this, like, look at that as one-sided dominance. But I truly believe mm-hmm. that Gaethje did bring something out of him in the little things that he did in round one. Gaethje um, had a phenomenal performance. Absolutely yeah. phenomenal. I think he fought his best fight. And yeah. he, he, he went to his game plan. Obviously, we'll talk about his game plan on the last podcast, but he, he actually did that. He came out, he, was, he threw, what, seven or eight, nine leg kicks and was landing, and he was busting Khabib up. Yeah. And then I think Khabib just sort of, you know, Khabib can sort of dictate. He dictates the fight to always go to the ground. That's what he likes to do. He likes to get his takedown and, and start working from there. But he, he can chew, he chew, he seems to choose his own path in every fight. He, he was standing with Gaethje fine and yeah. taking those shots and taking those shots. It just, that wasn't, made, just it, in my opinion, that wasn't going to be for much longer. And I know a lot of people are going to say that. He went into panic mode and just like, yep, enough's enough. And then when he decided I'm going to take it, he just does what he does. He just, does, he, yeah. he, there's no stopping him, you know? Yeah, exactly. Crazy. He's nuts. And that's the thing is like when he, when he, when he knows it's fucking go time, it's go time. And that's what he did. Yeah. And now look, it's Khabib time. It's Khabib time. And now it's not Khabib (laughs) time. Now it's, you know, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of ways to feel about this. There's for me, there's like three really main takeaways. There's obviously the fight that I've dreamed about for so long. I'm never going to get to see that. It's sort of like Mm -hmm. a girl in high school that you always wanted to ask out. And then she ends up going with like a new fucking boyfriend. And then you just miss, Mm -hmm. you know, it's the one that got away for me. Khabib and Tony's always going to be that. And it actually makes me sad. Yeah. It's like, is there, is there a girl that, (laughs) 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 well, this is why I made this podcast. This is why I made this podcast. I'm trying to reach out to her. Um, I'm, I'm trying to get attention any way I can. Um, oh, Sally, I, I miss you, Sally. Um, anyway, <laughs> so apart from that, there's the fact that Khabib is, to me, Khabib, I believe, in my head, with the way MMA is evolving, Khabib is the last true specialist. And what I mean by that is, is in a world where everyone's training like mixed martial arts, he was training mixed martial arts, of course, a bit of boxing, but he was the last, I think he's going to be the last true specialist where we see where he's so dominant in one sort of skill set. Um, mm-hmm. That I think now in this world, we're, going, we're talking like 2030, 2050, because this is what we think. You've got to think about it in the long game, how this sport's going to evolve. I think mm-hmm. everyone's going to be way more well-rounded in MMA, but I think he was the last guy to really be that specialist and just destroy just to absolutely destroy and dominate in the wrestling department. And I think that's yeah. massive. And I think people are going to be looking at him as the greatest of all time for a very long time. time. Um, yeah. And hundred percent. That's the funny thing with sports is sports are always evolving. People are always getting better. You know, 10 years from now, 
you look back and, you know, the skill set's just going to be even more evolved. There's going to be more killers out there and it's constantly happening all the time. But to, you know, he's, he has started a new era of just, you know, skills that we've seen in the cage that no one's even seen before, you know, takedowns and, and moves and transitions. And even that submission that he got on the weekend, like, I don't think I've seen something like that done. You, you know, know what's funny about that? Situation? Everyone's seen a triangle choke, but not not from that position and not that easy on no. a, on an elite and an elite competitor. You know, take this for what it is for what he said, and I I don't really think is this the armbar? Yeah, you heard about that? <laughs> yeah, I don't think it is a liar, just read but, it <laughs> but he said he instead of going for the armbar because he saw the armbar, he decided to change because he wanted to choke him out rather than to make his arms snap and have his parents panic, just engage his parents panic who were in the crowd, which is crazy. Yeah. That's yeah. nuts. This is the crazy thing about Khabib and I half believe him too. It's like, he just, he has a picky, pick your own path. Yeah. I'm going to beat you this way. Yeah. Well, that's the thing you is know? as soon as it got to the ground, it was so quick and so dominant, like anything I've ever seen. And it's sort of like, you know, if I was to imagine someone to come with the game plan that Gaethje had and tackle that pressure and move forward. And then when it got to the ground, be able to use the jiu-jitsu skills. Cause I truly believe Justin Gaethje for the level he's at probably doesn't train enough jiu-jitsu. He's never been on his back. I know. He's, <laughs> he's, never, he's, never, he's never been down. Yeah. That's the thing. So like if Tony Ferguson was to do that, and I don't even want to, it makes me sad to think about it. If Tony Ferguson was to be in that situation, it could be a whole Tony. lot different. Tony likes to be there, you know, so. But you can't even is... look back at it like that bitter. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, like it's just, it's happened. It's over. And yeah. But my third takeaway. We're, we're back. allowed to be bitter. We are, we are fans of the sport. And I mean, I'm not taking away his Khabib <laughs> and I completely understand why he's retired, but I just, I just have more of a, a fucking a hard opinion on it. You know, as fans, we want, we want to see what we want to see. We want to see the fights we want to see and, it is heartbreaking. <laughs> if you had to choose between Khabib, so Khabib to face GSB, Tony, Connor, 30th fight, one fight, what would it be? You know the answer to that. No, no, I know, I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and I think everyone that's, I think that every, everyone listening already knows the answer to that. Like, I know. And I think everyone listening agrees. Fuck Connor. Fuck GSP. Like, fuck him. Like, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a huge, I'm a huge Connor fan. I've always been on the Connor train. I think he's the most exciting fighter to watch still to this date. Anything with Connor, and I'm there. You know, if it's a fucking work day, I'm calling in sick. Like, we're always going to be like that with Connor. But that's not the fight that I want to see. Hundred percent. The fight I always wanted to see was Tony, and I mean, we've seen the Connor fight. Connor's the only person that he's lost a round to. You know. Fucking, that's another discussion in itself whether Connor can get it done a second time. You know, we, we don't we don't know how good Connor is. He probably could. Still don't want to see it. Pretty still, decent wrestling. I know, I know, I know. Still don't want to see it. Here's my third takeaway. All right, and we'll we'll leave it at this. We'll cap it at this. John Jones is such a fucking conceited prick. Like, I. Ha- the, the, the problem is, is the guy is so likable at some times, but in, in the worst times, he's just the most least likable person. It fucking I like him. What's history? <laughs> I fucking despise him. Like, sure, you're making some good points, but for fuck's sake, it's been 10 minutes since the dude has retired. Give it a fucking break, John. You've already got enough asterisks on your fucking 
career as it is for you to just question someone who is near perfect in a division and not be able to give him a number one pound for pound spot. You're a piece of shit. Like, and I'm, I respect fighters. I love fighters. You know, like I, I, I couldn't do what you could do, John Jones. If I, if I met you in a dark alley, you would murder me in about three seconds, but you are a prick. Like my God, that that's all I can say. That's all I can say. So is this, is this, is this the post he put on Instagram or did, what did he do? What did he, what is, what exactly triggered you? Cause I've seen the Instagram post where he's like 14, four. And he's like, you know, I've had 14 title defenses and yeah, Khabib's, you know, so dominant, but could you imagine me if I fought an unranked guy? It's that and about, it's that and about 20 other tweets. Like he put about yeah, 20 so other he's, tweets. He's like, he's like really the goat in, in like, he sent something like just because of the guys retiring, like we're going to fucking give him this. It's like, shut, fucking shut up. Yeah, yeah. I'm sick of it, man. I'm sick of it. And like, I really just, it just makes me feel like I want to see him get slept. Like I want, it I, was I, obviously, he was obviously on the, on the source. On the source. Which is, which is fucking John Jones' biggest demon. It, it might just, it might just speak to his competitive aspect. Maybe he just like really doesn't care either way. He wants to get his respect and like, fair enough. I just, I just think. You're like, right. I agree. John Jones is a prick. He's not very intelligent. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't know how to market himself well in the sport. He's made a lot of mistakes that have you know, worsened his career. But I, with with what he's saying, there's part of me that te- does tend to agree. He's been doing it for a lot longer, mm. and yeah, he's, he gets tested more in fights, and he has closer fights. I mean, his last win by split decision with Dominic Reyes. I mean, but he's still winning, and he's still defended that title 14 times. That does account for something, I guess, pound for pound number two. But he's look, just been doing it for so long, you know. Look, I seriously. But ten minutes after the fight, that's rough. <laughs> Yeah, I know. If you want to know my opinion, if you want to know my real opinion, he's right. I be- like I believe John Jones is the greatest of all time. When people talk between yeah. GSP and Khabib, I'm like, no, John Jones is hands down the greatest of all time. Just by the competition, the title defenses, how long he's been doing it, everything else, he is the mm-hmm. greatest. I agree. Yeah. But fuck, man, he's a promotional nightmare in so many ways. <laughs> yeah, he's just a promotional. Yeah. Nightmare. All right. But moving on from Agreed that. On that. Moving on from that, now that Khabib's gone, right off, rode off into the sunset. You know, he started fighting for his dad and then he retired for his mother. Fucking beautiful, beautiful story. Good on you. Fucking, we wish you the best, Habib, in retirement. Um, alhamdulillah. Uh, anyway. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> <laughs> but, we, um, but now we have a vacant lightweight title picture. And what we have is a lightweight was in my opinion, a lightweight division, which is just as exciting as it was like, you know, with Khabib on top and like Khabib and Tony and that whole sort of process. Now we've got something where the division's freed up again. And it's not just freed up in a division like light heavyweight, where we just have Dominic Reyes and Jan Blakovich. Now we actually have seven, seven or eight killers, seven or eight killers. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, I want to play a bit of matchmaker here. Obviously, people, we've got the new, we've got the new blood in Michael Chandler. We've got Tony Ferg, who's been overlooked in this situation. We've got Connor and Dustin, who are, you know, the the new best pals at fucking fighting in January. And you got a few for the, yeah, yeah. But yeah, sorry, what you gonna say? 
I was saying fighting for the Good Fight Foundation. The Good Fight Foundation. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's my problem with the... Like, Tony's grievances, that's also a bit of a promotional nightmare as well. Like, I understand exactly where he's coming from. Tony's had the the short jaws the short straw drawn for a while for about three and years. I feel, I feel bad for him because yeah, he's tried, you know, if we all know that he's been tried, they've tried to match him up with Khabib what five times. And that fight is, I honestly believe to this day it's cursed yeah. and now, you know, it's never going to happen, but fucking Tony's just taken every fight in between that the UFC's offered him fights that do nothing for his legacy, nothing for his career. I mean, they still they still pad his record to a sense. I'm not saying that Cowboy is no like a bum, but yeah. fights that he didn't really need to take, you know, when he yeah, was yeah. The, the top contender for such a long time, and then cool. to have that loss against Gaethje, that was just a bit of a you know, no one thought that that was going to happen, and now that annoying. throws him back. I don't It'd think he should annoying. be stripped of another shot. Yeah. No, I agree. Mm. And it, it, it's just annoying to me that this guy who has like a fight anyone mentality is like just completely, he should be rewarded for that. He shouldn't be fucking, he shouldn't. That's what I mean. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. He should be rewarded for that. He shouldn't be punished for it. And the fact is he kind of has been, you know what I mean? I think Connor and Dustin are in that situation now, which is great. And it's all, all for charity and it's all good. And it's a lovely fight to be made. But those guys are already fighting. Do we? Yeah, in in my opinion as well, I don't think it's going to be a title fight. I thought no. it would made sense. It made sense at first. It's a vacant title. Chuck those two guys. They're already fighting. Throw a belt in there and make it for a title. But the more I think about it, the more I think it doesn't make sense. They're already fighting. I don't even know if that's what Connor wants. To be honest, me neither. Me neither. You know, I don't know if he's still playing with welterweight because at the end of the day, to me, when he was going down back down the lightweight path, it seemed to me like he was doing that for one reason and now that reason's gone. Yeah. So Habib's not there. So to and me, I don't, I, don't, think any, I don't think the title there really interests him, which opens it up to the other seven killers. <laughs> exactly. Is that, and then, so what do, you, what do you reckon the matchmaker? Okay. So <laughs> So for me, I don't put Connor versus Dustin for the title. To me, what makes no. the most sense? What makes the most sense to me, and this kind of sucks because this throws Tony Ferguson out of the picture again. I think Justin. I think um, you put Connor versus Dustin in January, and then you have Justin wait, even though Justin Gaethje said he wanted to fight in six weeks, which is fucking yeah, yeah. insane. He's, yeah. a, he's an animal. Only Justin Gaethje would say that too. I don't I think the commission will allow it because he, he went unconscious. Yeah, I know. Exactly. I think it's three months. It depends on the commission and I'm not quite sure yeah. what the, the Middle East commission is. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it allows or not, it doesn't allow. Yeah, if, he wasn't, if he wasn't shot, he's good to go next week. Because those, the, like the people, in the, the Middle East community is just going to put on Deontay Wilder versus anyone, any cross boxing or anything, put on anything for the mass money. So I don't really know what the sort of restrictions are there. Um, but the suspensions are usually commission based. But um, look, if Justin Gaethje is good to go, um, I think my my suggestion is to him, if I was fucking going to play his manager role, 
I would wait it out till January. And like, I, I know Justin Gaethje doesn't have this mentality, but I would wait it out till January, have Conor versus Dustin fight. And then I would have Conor versus Dustin fight Justin Gaethje for the winner of the, for, sorry, for the vacant lightweight title. That's what I would do. But then yeah. that throws away a lot of stuff. That throws, throws away, away a lot of other contenders. Yeah. And that's, that's the problem with it. But to me, that makes the most immediate sense. I mean, you've got Chandler there, but to me, um, in terms of like trying to decide, I know he was going to be the stand-in for Khabib and Gaethje, which mm-hmm. fuck man, if you think about it, that almost happened. Like with Habib, like he was fucking rough on that weight cut. Yeah, he did look that rough. That almost happened. But um, yeah. I think, I don't think it's fair for Tony to fight Chandler. But then at the same time, I think if that is, if it works in his favor, that's sort of put him on the map by destroying the new guy really quickly. It's not fair for Chandler either. Do you like mm. the matchup of Tony Ferguson and Mike Chandler? No, I don't. I like it, but I don't think it. I don't think it's the right fight. I think that there's plenty of other fights. You know, the ones that are forgotten about. You know, I think a good fight to see would be someone like Charles Oliveira versus Tony. Tony Ferguson. I think that's, that's a. Nuts. I think that's a killer fight. That's a killer. I think fight. that's a fucking slippery snake chess match. Because <laughs> he's like he's like a mini him. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's a yeah. good boxer and he's got great jiu-jitsu as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, that would be an incredible think, fight to make. I think. I think if them two went to the mat, you would see some incredible, incredible stuff. They I both reckon. have so many different tools. Um, but yeah, it's, it's crazy. Who else is there? There's, um, we've got what's he brought up before. This is my Dan opinion. Hooker. So here we go. My opinion is if it all works out perfectly, start Michael Chandler against Dan Hooker. Beautiful. It's fair. It's I fair. Like it. It's fair. Yeah. Think about it. I, do, I don't think, yeah, I think when you leave one promotion and go to another, like, you know, like Ben Askren, you get a couple of tune-up fights. I don't, I, don't, I don't think it's right that you've just come over from another promotion. Yeah, you're top of, you know, your rankings Champ. over there, but that you get, you get to go straight to the UFC and get a title fight. That's not fair. I think, it's unfair, I think it's unfair to everyone that's been in there fucking climbing the ranks. You know what I mean? Yeah, unfair to the people that you've been paying for that long. You know what I mean? Yeah, like exactly. These are your yeah. fighters. These guys are stepping in for you. How many times these have you got your... Tony Ferguson stand in for fucking, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah, 100%. I think to but me... But then you've got the question. You've got the question now that Khabib's gone and, you know, Khabib slayed practically all of them. You know, besides we never got to see the Tony fight, but it, it begged the question, just how good is Ally Quinner? <laughs> and, <laughs> and, he's, and he's ranked number eight. It begs the question. I, just I, how I check the rankings. He's he's <laughs> in the top. He's in the top ten. You know why not? Why not bring him back in? He's the one that's done the best so far. He's legit. He's legit as fuck. But the problem is, I think sometimes people make a bit. They don't make a bit too much of it. But I think there's a thing to be said where, obviously, Khabib was training for someone else, and then he had to fight Ally Quinner and switching up the styles in that quick sort of a, of a time. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But yeah, Ally Quinner does deserve his fucking... He's, he's relevant. Yeah, he's relevant. And he deserves... He deserves to be... It deserves to be said he probably lasted long... He lasted the longest with Khabib and probably gave him the best match. Yeah. Match up. He I didn't reckon, take a round. I reckon that's a potential fight for... G- tune-up fight, so to speak, for Chandler. 
Chuck Chandler against Ally Quinner. Ally Quinner. Yeah, exactly. That's a you know, give him give him number eight first and then and then give him, you know, someone like Tony or Dan Hooker. Dan Hooker's yeah. I think fifth. Or, you know, and then you know, oh, you can we can talk for hours. You then know, you give Tony Charles a you just have a big tournament. Have a fucking yeah, you know, a, that's whole, what I'm a whole a whole lightweight a whole lightweight card of the top eight. And then, you know, the winners fucking, you know, you can easily cull it down to four. Say Tony gets the jump on, you know, Tony gets the jump on Oliveira, fucking Chandler gets the jump. Then you can match up, you know, um, Tony and Chandler. And then the winner of that, you know, gets the winner of, um, you know, Dan Hooker and bloody fucking uh, Connor or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Just fucking put them yeah. all in the cage and see who comes out on top. I guarantee you it's Tony Ferguson. I guarantee you <laughs> Royal Rumble. Just Royal Rumble. All in. Like, like Tony, fucking... Tony Ferguson rises from just a blood, blood fucking pool. Just, just real smiling. Quick, real quickly, have you seen that? Have you have you seen like the Russian four on four MMA matches? No, but I've heard of them. Yeah, I think I've seen small clips. Yeah, it's fucking terrible. It's fucking awful. <laughs> yeah. so Lots got of punches in the back here. back of the head and stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's just like <laughs> four guys here, and then one guy gets done with one gets done with two, and then he turns around and smacks three. And I'm like, this is awful. <laughs> It's not the and way the sport should be. Yeah, it's real. It's real. Yeah, it's geez. MMA fights. Yeah, that's, it's that's rough. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so played lightweight matchmaker enough. I think the possibilities are there to have something pretty incredible, no matter what you sort of do and chuck in. Um, My prediction is is something will go down like that. Like Connor will fight Dustin um, in what January, and they will probably have another two lightweights on that card. Yeah. You know. Yeah, That's that possibly I, I can I can see the matchmakers doing that. Whether or not something a title is going to come out of that after that or whatnot, it's this is the fun funnest part about this sport is the speculation. Like we just don't know. Yeah, but I, I agree with I you. I don't think um I don't think Dustin and Connor is going to be a title fight, but it only time be. will tell. It shouldn't be, but yeah. then again, how much how much money is it worth for? How much money is it worth to have Connor holding up that belt in front of a full stadium, their first event back to fans? Well, that's it. Yeah. It's a lot of money. You know what I mean? But either way, yeah. apart from that, there's a lot of other highlights on the card. Um, obviously we had Whitaker. We had the, yeah, there he is. There's the shirt. <laughs> <laughs> obviously we had, we had the prediction, the prediction God coming through again. Um, yes. Whitaker. And I'm down, I'm, I'm down another case of beer, aren't I? That wasn't for Whitaker. That was for um, no for Gaethje, but no, that was for Kulava. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, no, that's right. That's right. <laughs> that's another one. Oh. Let's talk about that really quickly. Um, I owe, I owe you two cases of beer. I'm saying that, it live. That was shocking. It. it just it just proved. Well, we're gonna we're gonna like scrap the case on that one. I don't feel right. That was like no, no bet's a bet. Better bet, I guess. Better bet. But we'll we'll that, create another one soon. Yeah, that um, oh, it was a nasty fight. It was and like I Eon Kitalaba held his own for a bit, but then it just fucking the the skill set prevailed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just a clear, quick shot. I am very satisfied that Margot Med is is you know 
the deserving victor and a better fighter. Yeah. I just didn't, I just didn't think, I just, I don't know, something, something gets stuck in my head and I just thought Cuda Bala was going to pump him. I just, I lost a lot of money. Didn't just lose a case. I lost a lot of money. I know. Like, dude, but to be honest, it's good because now you've got like another proper light heavyweight contender, right? So you got yeah. like, you got him, you got a few other people sort of vying at the bit. Um, oh, fuck. You got that dude. They're just trying to set up a fight. Um, what's his name? John. Puff, no, not John. Not John. Um, Puff, uh, the dude with that really impressive performance. He's got a really good fight lined up. Puff, it's like Pufflop. Puff, it's a really hard name to pronounce. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Did he just yeah. fight on the card? No, he no, didn't, didn't fight, fight on, the, on ca- the card. He literally just, um, he's got a matchup with fucking, I can't remember it now anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, not Batoli. No, not Batoli. No, there's mm. literally a few people that are lining up and they, they all seem like Eastern European, like it's going to be an Eastern European division. You've got Margaret Ankalab and Jan Blahovic. Yeah, they're all coming out of nowhere, aren't they? And it's good, man. It's really good. It's really exciting. There's a few. There's um, Krylov as well. Nikita Krylov. Yeah. There's a lot of... It, light heavyweight looks real good. It's yeah. It's looking real good for the first time. And I don't know what yeah. it is about Eastern Which Europe. that division. That division did die for a long time. Yeah, it was dead for a long time. And even... Oh, that's all right. That's, he's fighting Dominic Reyes. Um, mm. This new guy is fighting Dominic Reyes. Let me... One second. Oh, I'm not going to leave without fucking saying this guy's name because I fucking got to get it right. It's just... Yeah. Dominic Reyes. Um, I'll find it was on Brawlers. Um, also, if you guys want the latest updates, follow this page, Brawlers. It's um, B-R-W-L-R-Z. This shit will give you like... This, all the latest tips, what's in the works, what's official, what's confirmed. It's great. It's this great. is the first time I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jiri Prochatska. Oh. Jiri Prochatska. Um, but yeah, that, that's in the works. Him versus Dominic Reyes, which is wow. quite, a ste- it's quite a step down for Dominic Reyes. But it's sad yeah. because, because he was going from what he did against John Jones not that long ago. And then just being totally pumped, like totally sort of a bit that, outclassed. Let's be honest, young. that was an upset. Yeah. Yeah. And like. He was a strong favorite. I think people are starting to realize that one, not everyone, like, like the one, Dominic Reyes wasn't as, um, like, as incredibly skilled as we thought. And two, Fuck John Jones. He's fucking fighting scrubs. <laughs> he's a fucking prick. <laughs> yeah, he's a fucking prick. Look, this is this is the interesting thing about MMA is that you know you can get you know a fighter that that might not be as skilled as other fighters, but they're just a bad matchup for someone. And I honestly believe Dominic Reyes was a bad matchup for John Jones. You know, he had this. He had the length, and he's big, yeah. and you know, he gave him problems in different areas. You know, it's but then someone complete. like Jan, then someone like Jan, we all know MMA math doesn't work, but then someone like Jan Blahovic just runs through him. But then John Jones probably runs through Jan, you know, like, yeah, 
you can't do the math on it. I mean, he finished Dominic Reyes in spectacular fashion. Could he do it to John Jones? Probably not, you know? No, yeah. It's those complete so, fighters that give John Jones problems. It's those probably, Gustafsons, yeah. those kickboxers, yeah. boxers on the feet. Mm. It's all those guys that are just like complete athletes that are going to take on the athlete because he's just, John Jones is the greatest athlete MMA's ever seen. Yeah. So you've got to yeah. get some of those real athlete hybrid style people. Or, mm-hmm. or, or Francis Ngannou, whatever, whatever the fuck you want. But <laughs> that Francis Ngannou is going to give John Jones problems. I know. I know. I can't wait for that. I can't. Oh, I'm so excited for that fight. That would be the next <laughs> in line after Tony Khabib. That's what I'm going to fucking put my pennies down for that I hope that happens. But Stipe apparently isn't as hurt as what he is. I know there was a reported injury, but apparently now they've decided to target Stipe and Ngannou for uh march so yeah wow that's exciting and that put, yeah. put money on that sports bet bet at fucking end of 2021 francis Ngannou champion yeah what's that paying again dollar 50 yes yeah i can't believe it's that low i can't believe it's yeah. that low yeah i don't i know he's beaten fucking a lot of people but it's just uh the funny you know. thing is is the way the bookies do this stuff because you know he was no match. He didn't win one round in the first Stipe fight. And he was on a, he was on a, you know, tear previous to that. And then he was on a tear after, but Stipe clearly won that fight and dominated him. But the bookies are going to open Francis the next time around as the favorite again. Yeah. You know, it's, it's quite... just silly. It's just silly. If you had any betting sense, you'd put your money on Stipe again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, even though I've, reckon France is probably get it done, but just the betting shouldn't work like that. I oh, know. It just shows that they're not always right. But anyway, not getting off too off topic here. Um, the other thing that really stood out was the Whitaker performance, um, which obviously went to a decision with Jared Cannonier, which was just a fucking awesome fight. Like I felt in my opinion, that was, was fight of the night. Um, there was a few prelim fights I didn't end up catching just because of how early the card was here. I think it started about 5 a.m., the main card here. Um, for me, it started, what, 4 a.m. for you? It was an all-nighter for me. It was... <laughs> yeah, it was an all-nighter. It started, at, started my time, started at 1 o'clock, so it would have started uh, Sydney time, 2 a.m., yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was the prelims, but yeah. By well, the time an, Bobby Knuckles a, came on, at six in the morning was the sun up. The sun would have been up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a bit of an echo on your end. Can you hear it? Or I can't. I don't know what it is. Yeah, yeah. I've, um, I'm sorry. I've just plugged my phone into charge. I'm not actually using the headphones anymore. Oh, no, you're right. You're right. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, what was I going to say? So with the Whittaker performance um, as a whole, I thought, after that one, that's pretty much secured him to be a fucking. He he's the next title contender. Like he looked incredible. He looked incredible. Yeah, like I don't care what. Um, Am I echoing that bad? No, it hasn't. Hold up. If if I talk like this, maybe no, it's fine. The echo's gone. I can't hear it on my end anyway. Okay. So it's pretty good. Uh, yeah, no, I'm fine. And sometimes when yeah. it, I think it's when it mutes out like that, uh, you can hear a little bit of like um, yeah, what's the name? 
Um, yeah, no, Whitaker. Whitaker looked incredible, man. The Whitaker that the Whitaker I saw personally. I don't know if you know you you would you would agree, but the Whitaker that I saw on Sunday fight Cannonier, that Whitaker could beat Adesanya. Yeah. He like he looked sharp. He looked agile. He was quick, and he had the power. And you know, it was just incredible to watch. Incredible performance. To me, he just needed to prove to have those few fights after he got washed out by Adesanya to show us who Robert mm-hmm. really is again. And he did it. He did, he's done it enough. He did it with Till. Yeah. Now he's done it with Cannonier. He silenced everyone. And now, like Dana White says, because like obviously Adesanya seems like he's kind of like, oh, I've already done that. I don't. He's a very he's a guy who's very goal driven. He wants to start taking heads mm-hmm. and they're like claiming him like bounties. Sure, he's beaten Robert Whitaker before, but Well, he can't have Cannon here now, so Exactly. So who else is he gonna fight? And at the end of the day, it's a massive fight for Australia and New Zealand. And it's another trip to Melbourne for us, provided fans are all good again. Yeah. <laughs> it'll probably be in... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it'll probably yeah, well, be in Victoria's pretty cooked right now. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I would say it would be in Sydney. That's where Whitaker would want it. And I think, you know what, Whitaker deserves it this time. Yeah, yeah. No, 100%. All right. So after we had a pretty awesome um, UFC 254, where obviously we had one of the greatest of all times retiring, now we have another greatest of all time retiring in literally the midst of a week. Like what a, what a crazy year this has been, like when you think about it. Like, dude... 2020, we end up in Fight Island, pandemic, fucking sweeping the world, taking away the Tony and Khabib matchup, doing everything else. Now we're back don't to... Forget, yeah. Don't forget Henry, Henry Cejudo also retired in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> that's, that's the definitive greatest of all time. I forgot. The triple C. Yeah, the triple C. <laughs> no one's ever done it. No, um, right, right in the middle of a pandemic. And then we had a whole bunch of other fighters just fucking come out of nowhere. Like that fucking virus, Chimaev. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> when the virus showed up, he showed up. We got to talk about that later on. We'll save that for another mm-hmm. podcast. But him, when it comes to later to the date, Chimaev versus Leon Edwards is such a terrific fight. And for Oh, dude. I know. I'm in Conversation for another time. I know, but it's nuts. Anyway, so we've got Anderson Silva retiring. And obviously for a lot of people, um, especially people who sort of started adopting MMA around that era. He was the guy. He was the guy for a very long time. And now um, it's sort of gotten to a stage. It's different than the Khabib retirement because I'll just say it blunt, as blunt as possible. Um, it's not long overdue, but it's something that sort of is it's coming around that right time where sort of everyone's been like questioning it for a, for a fair while now. So Anson Silver's going out um, mm-hmm. against Uriah Hall which is a very interesting fight um, given his last few fights and sort of he's had a few like pretty awesome fights since then. Um, but before we get into that, we're going to start breaking down. There's three fights that piqued my interest on this card, you know, and we can talk about a lot of the main card. I can sort of sum it up a bit later on sort of my own time, but I want to get these three matchups out of the way. The first mm-hmm. one is Andre Philly versus new fan favorite, Bryce Mitchell, Peter Walsh fan favorite. Yeah, I think he's your he's your hero, isn't he? You look up to him. I like I like calling them when they're young. 
Yeah, I understand. I understand. And I saw, I see huge star potential in this kid. I see huge star potential, and it was like the same with Sean O'Malley, even though that went a bit bit south for a while, but. I reckon we could sit here now and look back on this in a year's time. That kid is is just phenomenal, phenomenal. Oh, ridiculous! And for him to do what he did against Charles Rosa, right? Like it's just nuts. Mm-hmm. Three twister attempts. Like it's one of those <laughs> things where like you start seeing like this homegrown talent, and you're like, what's the hype around him? But then he just exceeds every single one of your expectations. Mm-hmm. And then some. Puts on these performances where it's just like, how the fuck does he do it? But now that last that last fight. Man, that was on the that was on the that was on the UFC what two fifty whichever the Ferguson and Gaethje fight card was. Yeah, yeah. They they kicked off the prelims in that fight. I'm pretty sure, and that was my favorite fight of that card. Honestly, like I had the oh, biggest stiff during that whole fight. Incredible. Just watching, <laughs> just watching his movement. I did. I I'm just gonna be real with you here. Like I loved it. I was actually watching that on my phone in the car, and I had to fucking. It was just one of those fights that, like. You just, it's a prelim fight. I was on the way out. I was going out to watch the fights and I had it on in the car and I had to pull over. I had to fucking pull over and watch it. <laughs> and it was just, just watching this guy just threaten submission after submission after submission. He never got one. It was points, but there's so dominant rounds. And he, this guy, Charles Rosa, he's a, he's a BJJ guy. He's no, nobody's fool on the ground. You know what I mean? <laughs> but just the arm triangle choke attempt after arm triangle choke. And he's just laying there going, what the fuck? When's this guy going to give up? And just the pace and the energy and the movement. And then the twister submission attempts. He was just doing it to be funny. He was like nuts. it was almost like he was just doing it to just to play with him, like because Playing. he got the twister and he he got the submission of the year and he's just doing it and doing it. He's like, "Fuck's sake!" This guy. I remember looking at Charles nice. Rose's eyes and he's just like, "I just want this to be over. I just yeah, want I this fight to be over." And generally, when yeah. you see someone who wants it to be over, they're literally they give up to a point. And then that's when you can really play with them, right? That's where that's where Bryce yeah. Mitchell had him in the. That's where you get the submission, but like, but, yeah. This guy's nobody's fool, so he just still Charles hung in there. Rosa, but... Charles Rosa is a great fighter. He's a genuinely great fighter, but yeah, he's no Andre Philly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Andre Philly. So is great. Pretty... This is this is his toughest test to date, and we will know on Sunday what Bryce Mitchell's made of. One hundred. You'll know. We will all know, regardless of the outcome. You will know Sunday if Bryce Mitchell's going to be a star. If yeah. he's if he's given if he's given Andre Philly ten eight rounds on the ground and gets the takedowns easy, and you know he's never been up against a top striker, yeah. And no, Andre right. Philly's a good striker, you know. He's no he's he's you know not shy of grappling or anything, but you know there's a long you know long history of these grappling guys that come into MMA and you know they get slept, <laughs> like you I know think... the Damien Myers of the world and stuff like that. I know. I know there's there's potential for him to have a real struggle in the striking game, but I just seeing the level that he's on, I think this is in a way this is his. If you were to compare it to comes at this is his Gerald Mershout fight, right? And I yeah. don't think he's. I honestly don't think he's gonna have. You know, call me crazy. But I think Bryce Mitchell's going to get it done. I think he's going to get it done. Mm-hmm. And I think he's going to get it done impressively. Maybe not as impressively mm-hmm. as what he did with Charles Rosa, but I think it's going to be still definitive. 
and it's going to be something where he's going to be able to get a submission and maybe he'll have to work for the submission. It's not going to be yeah. something he can do it comfortably, but he, he, yeah. he's going to get this done. That's my opinion. Mm-hmm. So you reckon yeah. it's going to be, it's going to be a finish, a submission finish. Submission finish. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Bryce Mitchell's undefeated. I think it's going to be, I agree. I think it's going to be a submission finish. I think we'll know Sun if he gets that submission finish, I think that that opens up a whole new ball game because now he's starting to enter the top 10 and he's going to give a lot of those boys problems. He's going to be, he's going to yeah, be on that man. teams that he's going to be on that Chamayev sort of level. Everyone's going to not want to fight him. You know, it's going to, he's going to have to battle his way through, but he's going to be a problem for a lot of them. I just think he's got that will, man. I think he's got that sort of will where when you, when you got that unbroken will like that, it sort of tends to work in special ways. And I think it's working with Chimaev in that way as well. You know, Philly's yeah. been there. He's been through the ups and downs. And sometimes it's a positive. But I think in this case, against someone yeah. who's so fresh and so young, but then again, so skilled, I think yeah. this guy has just came out and he's just come out of nowhere and he's taken it by storm, he's, man. He's a bloody uni student. He's studying. I know. He's it's still nuts. a kid. You know it's what I mean? Nuts. To be at that high level when you're that young. It's crazy. Like, it's as crazy to think of in five years' time. What could he be and how good is he? We'll know Sunday. <laughs> we'll know Sunday. And I think, man, we might all get, we might all get, like, just shut up because of this. But I'm, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say Bryce is going to do it. I'm going to um, go for submission as well. I'm going to go for submission round two. Yeah, that's, yeah, you fucking stole my pick. Fucking nah, round two. I got you. Um, round two submission. We'll agree on that one. Yep, done. There's no case on that one. We're sweet. No. Let's um shift it over to. I literally think, like we have it's something we have to talk about, and it's one of those fights which is you know, a guy who's proved us wrong in some sort of some sort of ways. Um, someone who you, you may have questioned his sort of um constantly pushed. You may have questioned his um I guess ability to be like a top contender, but now I. I, I question it less and I think he's improved and I think he deserves his credit. And I don't think a lot of people give him it. And that's Greg Hardy. Mm-hmm. You know, say what you want about him, whether he's a horrible person or whatever you're like, you know, prior offenses aside, shout out to Richard Pryor, prior offenses aside. <laughs> um, look, man, uh, he, he's, he's shown a lot. And with Volkov, you see how dominant Volkov was against fucking Walt Harris, who many people consider the top contender. 100%. Greg Hardy's done done pretty well to get to that spot. Now he's up against Maurice Green, who is the master of... Um, <laughs> Nothing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the master of fucking fighting hungover and getting arm triangles from the bottom. Yeah. So Jack of all trades, master of none. <laughs> it, I don't know. He's a, he is Maurice green. You got to give it to him. He's a good fighter, man. He's a good fighter, yeah. but he's sort of different in it. It comes in, comes in waves with him. Like to me, like in that fight where he got that sort of arm triangle, I think, I think a lot of people admit he, there wasn't much of a showing for him in that fight. It was sort of like, it looked like he was on the back end and then, somehow clinched up that submission. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It was just insane. Yeah. Like I, to me, if I look at that fight, if I look at Greg Hardy and I look at Maurice Green, I don't think there's much to really talk about 
um, it's a co-main event, and obviously it's a very interesting one. I think Maurice Green's a, definitely a lengthy striker. Uh, he definitely has the options to sort of the option to sort of make to give Greg Hardy some problems. But to me, looking at those two fighters and looking at the recent performances, I think Greg Hardy gets it done all day. Um, He's a lot fitter. He's an athlete. He's certainly got that attribute to his advantage. And I think that's such a good attribute to have in the heavyweight division. And this is crazy coming from the background he's come from, you know, um, and all the athleticism. I think that's why he's, he's only new to the, you know, to the MMA world, but he's given these guys problems because he is so fit and he can go, he can go the distance. He'll go the three rounds and I'll tell you, he'll, he'll out, he'll out strike him. Even if he's not clean with his striking, he'll out strike him. You know, he'll out move him. He's just a phenomenal heavyweight. He's just a phenomenal athlete. And I think he's, that's his key to winning this fight. I see the fight going to points. I don't, you know, he's not, he's, he's not shy of a knockout of opponents and the lesser ranked opponents. I just don't see him getting a knockout. I see a points victory though, but I definitely see Greg Hardy winning. Maurice Green's not Volkov, but he's, he's not Jorgen De Castro. You know, he's like, he's, he's a bit less of, he's that real mid ground skill level. It seems like yeah. Volkov was a bit much. So they took it back down and now it's sort of slowly working its way up again. But I think Greg Hardy is, I think Greg Hardy will surprise. And I think he, you can put him in the top 15. I think there's a yeah. genuine spot for him in the top 15. Um, just to, to, to survive and last with Volkov in that sort of way, you know, it, it says something, you know what I mean? You can't, he didn't can't look bad. He, he, didn't he didn't look, look bad. bad. He didn't look as bad as Walt Harris did. Yeah. You know, in my opinion, he didn't look bad and he went the distance, you know, and Volkov couldn't get a finish that made him very hard to, you know, very hard to finish, very hard to hit just because he's, his energy was still there. His energy there and the, the pro athlete career, dude, these athletes, some of these athletes, especially NFL athletes, they cross over and they do very well. You know what I mean? Yeah. Very, very well. Like, I mean, look at, look at Lesnar, same thing. Lesnar wasn't necessarily like a, a fighter. He had some wrestling background and he was, you know, obviously he was in WWE, he tried out for the NFL, but those cross athletes, once you teach them, they're amazing. And you got to remember every single month that he's not fighting or every single, um, you know, uh, was it, he was fighting. He, so his last fight, correct me if I'm wrong. That was pre pandemic. Yeah. Um, no, no. Greg Hardy. Jorgen to Castro. Yeah. Jorgen to Castro. That was, that was pandemic. That was pandemic. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, even so, like it's been a while, maybe been about five, six months now, at least. Five that was, a, that was on a, that was on the heavyweight card. That was on, um, same card as um, Alexi and Vadum. That was on UFC um, the two what two fifty two, whichever one the Gaethje and Ferguson was. I'm pretty sure. Okay, so May, so five months. So we're looking at five or just even, yeah, about just five and a bit months past that. So every month, my point is, every month that we don't see him, he's getting better. And it's not like, you know, it's like people are finding a way to train in this pandemic and they're doing it. So he's getting better, man. And like every time we see him, I think he comes with a bit of a... And he's getting better at an incredible rate as well. All he, needs he does is have that, that athleticism. He, he just needs that well-rounded confidence. And that's what I think he's gaining slowly. 
Um, yeah. But nevertheless, here we go. The big fucking, I need to give a Bruce Buffer intro for this one, but the main event, <laughs> Anderson Silva's retirement fight, it's, it's time. It's time for, to discuss this one. What do you, what do you take from this fight? What do you think? Like just given Stylebender, Cannoneer, everything all together, his last few performances, what do you mm-hmm. think about one of the goats of the sport, Anderson Silva, going into his final fight? Look, between me and you, I hope he wins. I really hope he wins. I think he just needs a win to go out on, you know. Mm-hmm. He's lost six of his last seven. It's not looking good for him. You know, Uriah Hall is a ranked opponent. He's very good. And he's a fucking KO artist. Anderson Silva's not, you know, I don't think he's washed up yet, but he's definitely on the way out of his career. No offense to him. He's done amazing mm-hmm. things in his career. and He's going to go down as, you know, probably the greatest ever do it. I just hope he wins. I really hope I'll be rooting for Anderson on Sunday. Oh man. Everyone. Uh, yeah. Everyone will, man. No one's going to be sitting there like, fuck yeah. Glad you're right. I broke his leg. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like fucking Cannoneer. Yeah. Like what kind but, of a piece know. of shit? Uriah, Uriah Hall is not a, is not an easy opponent for him. Um, I think he, I think it's a winnable fight. I do. I really do. I think he can win it, but uh, I'm just, I'm rooting for Anderson. I really don't. I, I, I can't, I don't want to give my prediction on that. Yeah. I you just, don't I feel right. Give me a prediction. Just, just, yeah. I just can't, but pretty much by me saying that, you know what my prediction is. I just yeah. want him to win. Though. I just want him yeah, to win. Though. I want him to win. I too. want him to win. I want to win. Um, so for but me, it's not, it's not, it's not looking good for him. You know what I mean? For me, to be honest, uh, um, I'm predicting a round five spinning heel kick KO from Anderson Silva. I think he's got the tools to do it. And um, no, nah, fucking. <laughs> here's the thing. The last two opponents that he had, he had start. So Israel Adesanya, title contender, step in for that fight. Um, now, now middleweight champion. Um, but when he had that fight, there was some sort of energy about it. It wasn't that... It wasn't that Anderson Silva was not on the level of Adesanya, but it was almost like Adesanya enjoyed playing around with who he considered his hero. I feel like there was a lot of like a lot of taunting. He was his was his childhood idol growing up. Yeah, yeah, and I think they got into a battle of reflexes, and that was really good. Mm-hmm. But I think, to be honest, if we were if we were, if it was a kill or be killed title scenario, I think it would go a much different way. Um, I'm not saying the end. So what you're what you're saying is you think Israel Adesanya was just playing with him. I thought he was. I thought he was like in to some extent having fun with it, playing with him a little bit. Um, but when you, when you look at what Adesanya has done, you know, for him to have just a one-sided affair with Paulo Costa, you know, knock, you know, Yo Romero. Robert Whittaker to, to knock out the greatest middleweight of all time in the second round so easily, you know, begs the question, how good is Adesanya? And then the decision with, you know, when like, yeah, it makes you just think, I hate thinking about it, but yeah, maybe he was playing with him or is Adesanya still got it? Uh, you or were, is, sorry. Sorry. Or does, you know, Anderson Silva still have it? You were there for Anderson that fight, right? No. You didn't watch that fight live? 
Oh, yeah, yeah. I watched the fight live. I thought you meant was I there, the venue. <laughs> yeah, there. I thought you were there. Wasn't that? Because I was in Japan, remember? Yeah, yeah. That I was one? in C. I was watching it. I was watching it at the Prince. Oh, uh, the Prince fight. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. For some reason, yeah, I was I on the... you went to Melbourne for that one. No, no. I yeah, was on no. the source, mate. We were yeah. going to go. <laughs> we, we were going to go. We were booked to go, but then you had that trip. Yes, yes, so I did. I pulled yeah, out of it. I missed it. Yeah, no. Well, look, so I just, I just got all on the source and spent my airfare money on bets. It wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> so many fucking Anderson Silver KO markets fucking just went completely to waste. Cut <laughs> owes me money. I'm hoping to win it back this Sunday. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> man, yeah, to me, the last two fights he had, aside from the Adesanya fight, whatever you make of it, whatever you think, um, Sorry, so these two fights, this fight including with the Jared Kennedy fight, we're looking at him fighting athletes. These are athletes. This is what we were talking about before. Like very athletic people with the ability to have a lot of power. Um, but to me, overall, I think I th- Think and I think Anderson's going to struggle much like he did with Cannoneer. I'm not going to break the round. I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to leave it for what it is. We've both had our say. We want this motherfucker to win. Please, Anderson, win. Go out, fucking. You know because can we all just can we all just make an agreement that we watch the fight, root for Anderson, but let's not put money on it. Let's do it. That's what it is. All right, fight day fanboy episode three. Thank you for joining me again, Peter. You're the man. Um, let's see how we go with this Pleasure. car. Um, let's enjoy it and let's start throwing some some front kick KOs, all right? Fucking. In respect to the spider. All right, thank yeah, you guys. Thanks for tuning in. All right, you have a good one, guys.